Island Church in Galveston, Texas, welcomes you to our podcast. Be encouraged by Pastor Rusty Martin as he teaches the Word of God. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. If we were to title this series, we would call it Your or Our Spiritual Life. Everybody say spiritual life. So much in the natural right now, so much in the natural of what is going on is very negative, is very bizarre, is, is you know, people are, what's, what's happening to the earth? Things have changed, things are happening, you know, all the things that have gone on with political upheaval, social unrest, medical things that have gone on with pandemics and epidemics, and all of it that continues to go on. These things are just natural to the fallen atmosphere of this planet and the earth in which we live. In reality, it's gone on ever since the fall. There's always been wars. There's always been rumors of wars. There's always been economic turmoil. There's always been political unrest. There's always been medical uh, disasters and things that have happened. Man, you go back and study some of the plagues that have come up on this earth. It is unbelievable. Here on Galveston Island, if you go study, I've got a book that, 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 that talks about the history of Galveston Island. And both at the beginning of the Civil War and at the end of the Civil War, Galveston Island was decimated by yellow fever. The, the armies of the uh, uh, Confederacy brought it in at the beginning of the war. And the armies of the Union brought it in at the end of the war. And they said the funeral fires could be seen as far as downtown Houston of people that were burning the bodies of the people that had died on this island of yellow fever. So these things are not new things that are coming upon the earth. But what's unique about them is that they're coming upon the earth worldwide. There's a worldwide element to all of this that's going on, showing us that we are in the last of the last days. And it is imperative that we as believers walk by the Word of God and by the Spirit of God and not what we're seeing and hearing with our natural eyes and natural ears. It is, it is time, more than any other time in your life, it is imperative that you serve God. Now, let me say that again. There's really no way to emphasize it. It's imperative that you serve God. Now, I was thinking about that after we had talked to some people during the week in some counseling sessions, some things that we had done. And I I began to think about my own life. And I thought about how, how 37 years ago I came back to the Lord. But how I came back to the Lord and when I came back to the Lord in my life demanded of me a total breaking of what my life was 10 minutes before I got right with God. And that my life 10 minutes after I got right with God be a whole brand new life. Now that took some effort. That means there were people I I couldn't hang around anymore. I, I tell you, there's some people that just got mad at me. I mean, they thought I didn't like them or were some way slighted them and so, but I couldn't hang them around. I wasn't strong enough of, of a believer to be around people that were getting high on weed and, and drinking alcohol. and do, I wasn't strong enough of a believer to go into that environment. There are people I had to quit hanging around with. That didn't mean I didn't love them any less. Did you get that? 
That didn't mean I didn't love them any less. Actually, the greatest act of love was to get away from them and get strong, strong enough in the Lord and get back to them. The guy who I, who I grew up with here on the island, a guy I grew up surfing and hunting and fishing with, and we were very close friends. It was very difficult for him for me to just step out of his life. But thank God when I stepped back into his life, I was able to lead him to the Lord, get him right with God. Then he died in a horrible accident and ended up in heaven because of his lifestyle. But thank God he's in heaven. Amen? There's several people that come to this church that knew me back before I got right with God. And one of the greatest things that drew them to this church was seeing me right with God. After 20 years or 30 years, he's still serving God. There must be something to that God stuff. Amen? So we must understand that we are very unique people on the earth. We're not like the general population. The general population that we could describe as the family of man or the human family, we're not in that family. We're in God's family. We're literally what the Bible calls a unique nation upon the earth. You think, well, well, America is the nation that has blended all the nations of the world into one, you know, one nation. No, no, the God is the one who did that through the church. Amen. Thank God for what America has done in affording people opportunity from, from, from Central and South America, from Africa, Europe, and Asia to come and be American citizens. All of us came from somewhere else. Amen. None of us were born Americans. Amen. I guess in our family we have Irish and, and who, who knows what else, English and German and all of these other kinds of, you know, we're like what they call a Heinz 57. Amen. But when you got born again, you stepped out of the confines of your natural family and you stepped into a spiritual family. You are the children of, children of God. I said you are the you're loved by God, not that the world is not loved by God. You're valued by God, not that the world is not valued by God, but you're the one who's accepted his love and accepted his value. And in so doing, you're supposed to live in a completely different manner and a completely different lifestyle than the world lives. Can I get a better amen than that? Now, for years, the church and Christianity and, and Pentecostals have been the worst. They've tried to beat people up over behavior. Thou shalt not do this, and thou shalt not do that, and thou shalt not do this, and thou shalt not do that, which imparted into people this idea. By willpower, I'm going to have to be, quit doing a whole lot of stuff that I've been doing in order for me to serve God. I just can't find the willpower. I never could find the willpower to quit doing anything. Amen. But when you get born again, God does exactly what he says he will do. He'll make you a brand new creature in Christ and he'll let old things pass away. He'll let old things die in your life. Thank God the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ gave us a place to die and to enter into a life motivated and empowered by a realm we cannot see. Now, did you find 2 Corinthians? Let's go there real quick. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Uh, let's begin there in verse, uh, how about 16? For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perisheth, or perish, yet the inward man is renewed on Sunday. Oh, that's not it? I'm sorry. No, though the outward man perish, the inner man is renewed how long? Day by day. You need God every day. 
Pray every day. Study the Word every day. Amen. Listen to the Word every day. Everybody say day by day. I like this. For our light affliction. Nobody ever amens that. Because nobody ever uh, 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 defines their affliction as light. No matter what you're going through, you're going through it worse than anybody ever has, else has. You know, that's, this is the worst. It couldn't get anybody. I've heard of other people going through this, but this has to be the worst. Until it's not you anymore, then it's not so bad. Amen. No, Paul says, for our light affliction, which is but for a, a moment. Pastor, this has gone on for months. Now, here, here's something. I did this in the first service. I thought it was a good exercise. This is, what did we say? This is May 23rd, the year 2021. So I want everybody in your mind and use your memory the best that you can to go back to May 23rd, 2016. That's five years ago, right? What was your worst problem that day? Oh, you don't remember? Oh, you don't? None of us do. You probably don't remember what was going on this time last year. But what you're going through right now, oh my God. We need to pray. We need to anoint with oil. We need handkerchiefs. We need a prayer team. We need, I tell you, we got, we got to get something going on this. I mean, listen. Number one, God calls it a light affliction. Well, Pastor, they diagnosed me with stage four cancer. It's a light affliction. And how long does it last? But for a moment. Now, you have to understand the Bible is written from the standpoint of eternal things. It does not see things or perceive of things the way we do. And salvation is an invitation to come into this world of the unseen, to live in this world of the unseen, and to understand what is not seen is a greater reality than what is seen. Listen, the unseen did not come from this. This came from the unseen. Everything created, everything spoken by God, everything that is reality, the sun rising in the east, the sun setting in the west, the seasons changing, the rain that falls from the sky, everything that is created and in creation came from the unseen to the seen. Amen? And in understanding that, we understand going through these, quote, light afflictions. Now, the Apostle Paul writing this, my goodness. Corinth, listen, he came to Corinth, and he's kind of like this. People are going, let's have a meeting. Let, 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 let's get some praise and worship singers. Let, 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 let's, let's lease a building. Let's start a church. He's kind of going, I don't know. He's still feeling some of the lumps he had when they stoned him to death. He's still feeling some of the, the, the marks where they took uh, a long canes and whipped him. He's still feeling, you know, some of the, the clammy hands it's after he'd been in, the, been in the ocean four days and, and three nights uh, trying to survive a shipwreck. He'd been through some stuff. I said he'd been through some stuff. And by the time he gets to Corinth, he's like, well, I don't know, man. I, I built a nice church in Ephesus. I built a nice church in Galatia. I built a wonderful church in Philippi. But man, every place I built a church, they've stoned me. They've beat me. They've run me out of town. I don't know if I want to do anything in Corinth or not. And God appeared to him. Jesus came to them in the form of a vision. And he said, do not be afraid to speak my word, for I have many people in this place, and nothing will happen to you. Well, where did that information come from? It came from a realm in which he could not see, touch, hear, smell, or taste. 
But he stood on that information, and out of that came what? Two wonderful books that we enjoy today that are revelations from God and a powerful church in Corinth that was one of the most powerful ancient churches of the ancient world. You say, why? Because somebody refused to be impressed by what they saw with their natural eye. It's all how you see things. You say, well, Pastor, you got to understand the situation that I'm in. You don't see things the way I do. None of us do. None of us do. Not even husbands and wives can see things the way that the other sees it. But one thing we can do is to see things the way God sees them. That's the greatest points of agreement between Leah and I and our marriage over the years is we have seen things the way God sees them and we get an agreement over that. That gives us strength. That gives us a mutual faith and it gives us a momentum to go into what God's called us to do. Without doing that, you're just going to be stuck spinning your wheels in this natural realm with no answers to get you out. And listen, that's what, that's what religion has evolved into, kind of like a psychological, well, you know, you love God, and God loves you, so everything's going to work out. No, it ain't. I love God, and God loves me. But God expects me to take the power of His Word, the authority of the name of Jesus, everything that I get from the Word of God that is revelation to me out of that unseen realm and do what? Slam it into this seen realm to speak it, to act on it, to walk in it. Now, I'm a pastor or a preacher or a traveling minister and to what? To proclaim it and to demonstrate it and to tell people none of this came from this realm. This all came from an unseen realm. So back to the Scripture real quick. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Everybody say, weight of glory. Now, what you want and what I want is the weight of glory that comes into our life in our current trial, our current trouble, our current situation, what the doctor has said, what the banker has said, what they're saying at the job, what they're saying about you, whatever it is that's negative and goes against the grain of God's will for your life, you want the weight of God's glory to fall out of the unseen realm and into your life where you can experience and everybody can see God has done something for that person. Did you know that's the will of God for your life? He's made a way. Man, before, listen, before Jesus, common people like us, we had no access to God. Prayers, how many prayers you think were prayed that were never heard? You say, why were they never heard? There was no access. There was no access to God. The only access there was on the earth was one little nation with a bleeding sacrifice and a priesthood. Why do you think all those nations around them want to kill them and everybody else in the earth is against them? Because they were God's chosen servants. And the devil hates that. And through the lineage of that nation, we got Messiah. Thank God for Israel. Thank God for Jerusalem. Thank God for King David. Thank God for Moses. Thank God for the Passover. Without all of that, we'd be lost and undone without God. And it was all in the unseen realm. But now Jesus has died. And Jesus has risen from the dead. And Jesus literally made a way in which there was no way. Where now any common person on the planet can call out to Jesus Christ, call on His name, be born again. And you go from common, you go from common to uncommon. You go from, go from nobody to somebody. 
You say, what do you mean nobody? You know, that woman with the initial blood, I think it's not in Mark's, but in Matthew's, uh, Matthew's uh, uh, depiction of what happened when that woman touched the hem of his garment, Jesus said, somebody touch me. Oh, I like that. You say, why? Because to everybody else around there, she was a nobody. But when Jesus touched her, she became a somebody. Amen? Now, for our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us. Everybody say, for us. Everybody say, for me. For me, a more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we look not, now here's the key. While we look not at things which are seen, but at things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. One translation says, the things that are seen are subject to change, but the things that are not seen are forever settled in heaven. Now I want every one of you to think about the greatest miracle that you need to receive right now. And I want you to think about it from this perspective. That greatest miracle needs to be applied to what? The biggest problem of your life. Are you with me? Everybody say this. My problem, my problem is temporal. My problem is subject to change. Everybody say subject to change. Now literally, God through his eternal power and the life that he has deposited in his word has given us permission by the blood of Jesus and his finished work to handle the word of God. Oh, I'm glad you're so excited about that. Listen, I'm not, I'm not allowed to handle all of the nuclear codes of our country. I'm not allowed to do that. I'm not allowed to walk onto an army base and handle military aircraft or military vehicles. I'm not allowed to go onto an army base and handle their automatic weapons. I'm not allowed to do it. I'm not allowed. You say, well, well number one, not qualified. Not qualified. Amen? I think of all the power, the military power, the financial power, the medical power, all of the power that I'm not allowed to handle. Not a doctor, not a general in the army, not a politician, can't handle. But there are things in eternity that are more powerful than any atom bomb, more powerful than any medical device or medical treatment, more powerful than any social uh, ideal or social engineering that the world tries to do to itself. The most powerful realities of eternity are mine. And I get to handle them. Let me try that again, because you do too. The most powerful, powerful realities, salvation, baptism of the Holy Ghost, healing, prosperity, righteousness, joy, peace, all the things that God gives that pertain unto life and godliness, which through the precious promises of God, we are the partakers of the, of the divine nature that we might what? This is key. That we might escape the corruption that is in this world. Now, let me, let me just say something right now. There is some corruption going on in the world right now. But guess what God said? By the word of God, we're going to be able to escape it. We're going to be able to escape, you name it, political tyranny, 
You, you, be, you, you begin to talk about all the things that could conspire and that could happen. What are we going to do about this? What are we going to do about that? What are we going to do about this? What are we going to do? What we're going to do is we're going to keep our eyes on the things that are eternal. We're going to get our eyes off the scene, get our eyes on the unseen, and the unseen is going to carry the weight of our victory through anything the enemy can throw at us. So now that's, that's a unique phrase. While we look not at things which are seen. Amen. Now there, there are people like this. I'm not like this. My, my brother's not here, but I'll pick on, pick on him anyway. He's the kind of guy that if he gets hurt, he can't look at it. If he looks at it, he's going he's gonna to pass out. Dad used to, used to, he doesn't do it anymore. I wish he would. But dad used to gather us up and take us to the mole doctor. You ever been to the mole doctor? Some people don't have moles. We have lots of moles, so we go to the mole doctor. Amen. And so he gathered us up, took us to the mole doctor. Y'all look at me like I'm crazy. <laughs> you never had moles cut off? Anyway, so we go to the mole doctor, and this, 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 he, he kind of was cruel with me. I mean, he, he had this razor blade. He says, now this one here, I could give you a little, I could give you a little deadening, or I could just, just cut it off. I'm like, oh, my God, you know. But anyway, we'd been to the mole doctor, and so we're standing at the elevator trying to, you know, fixing the accidents, dad and me and my brother Alan. And Alan had seen some of the places where they had cut moles off of him. So as we're standing there at the elevator, he starts going like this. <laughs> and about the time the door opens, dad goes, son, you okay? And he goes flop right into the, right into the elevator. Amen. Well, you know, there are, there are, there are seen things that can traumatize you. How many know what I'm talking about? I mean, I've seen things I've thought, no, I don't want to look at that. No, mm -mm, no. And a lot of times we don't realize that what we tend to do, what do I call it when I, I tell you not to do that all the time? Don't gawk. What does gawk mean? She always gawks at people. She does it with her mouth open. So Leah, don't gawk at that person. <laughs> we got any gawkers in here? And to gawk means that you're, that you're looking at something and you're allowing what you're looking at to give you an emotional response in your face. <laughs> Leah's a famous one for doing that, amen? <laughs> and the problem is, what we do many times is we got a problem rise up in our life and instead of looking into the Word of God, instead of looking to what God has said, you know what's unique about God is God has given this great provision through redemption. He's put it up in the unseen realm. You say, why? Because the devil can't steal it. The devil can't corrupt it. The devil can't cause rust to eat it up. But what he did is he took the receipt of that provision and he gave that receipt to us. Here's your receipt. What's it say in Hebrews chapter 11? That our faith is the title deed. Woo, glory to God. Here's your title. I've got, it, I've got it in print. I've got it in print. By his stripes, I'm healed. I've got it in print. So what are you seeing? Now, here, just, just, just for a second. I'll let us go. I know it's, it's, it's getting late and it's going to rain, all this kind of stuff. That's good napping weather on Sunday. Amen. <laughs> but understand this. Anything that you embrace... And I mean, just, just allow the full sensual load of it to come into your life. 
What you, uh, sickness and disease many times are the worst because you've got the, you've got the voice of the doctor in your ears and his diagnosis and prognosis. You've got the feeling of, of what's going on in your body. You can, you can see, you can hear, you can feel. I mean, you taste the medicine in your mouth. There's so many, there's so many confirmations. Now well, I'm sick. I mean, I got all these prescriptions. I got to go to the doctor three times a week. I'm doing this, I'm doing that. So there's all this confirmation. So you're having a sensual overload. And the Bible, you turn to the Bible for some comfort, and it falls open to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18. And it says, we look not at things that are seen. Now, this is the point I wanted to make. This does not mean we ignore it. A lot of people that have criticized walking and living by the Spirit and walking and living by faith say things like, well, you just ignore it. You just, and just ignoring it doesn't make it go away. We do not ignore it. We make application of what is in this unseen realm to what we see in the natural realm so that what we see in the unseen realm becomes the preeminent reality and what is in the seen realm has changed. Let me just say this. This will help you. What goes on here will never change anything here. But what has gone on there has already changed everything here. Now, real quick, how about a quick story? Go, if you will, 2 Kings. 2 Kings, quick story. Won't take but a couple of minutes. 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 8. Then the king of Syria warred against Israel, took counsel with his servants, saying, In such and such a place shall be my camp. And the man of God sent unto the king of Israel, saying, Beware that thou pass not such and such a place, for thither the Syrians are come down. And the king of Israel sent to the place which the man of God told him and warned him of, and saved himself there, not once, nor twice, so it must have been three times. So here, here's what's happening. I know it's a lot of King James, these and those. The king of Syria is going to war against Israel. A prophet of God, by the gifts of the Holy Ghost, gets revelation from God. Here is where the king of Syria is going to be. Beware when you go through that area. And three times Israel was able to preserve itself and save itself because of a prophet of God with a word from God. Are you with me? Now that doesn't make everybody happy. It says, therefore, this is in verse 11, therefore the heart of the king of Syria was sore troubled for this thing. He called his servant and said unto them, will you not show me which of us is for the king of Israel? He thought there was a spy among his, among his leadership, among his entourage. Oh, show us who's for the king of Israel. And one of his servants said, no, my lord. No, my lord, O king. But Elisha the prophet that is in Israel Telleth the king of Israel the words that thou speakest in thy bedchamber. Now this is supernatural. So something, an interaction is going on because who's, who, can, who can hear what the king whispers in his bedchamber? God can. So God takes that information and speaks it to his man. He, it comes from the natural realm into the unseen realm, back down to the seen realm for the benefit of the nation of Israel because they're in covenant with God. Don't you know you got a better covenant? based on better promises? Don't you know what God wants to speak to you so you can be saved from, quote, the king of Syria and all of his, and all of his strategy? Now notice this. No, my Lord, but the, Elijah the prophet that is in Israel telleth the king 
of Israel the words that thou speakest in thy bedchamber. He said, Go and spy where he is, that I may send him, fetch him. And it was told him, saying, Behold, he is in Dothan. Therefore sent he thither horses and chariots, a great host. So he's got this huge army. And they came by night and surrounded the city about. And when the servant of the man of God was risen early and gone forth, behold, a host compassed the city, both of horses and chariots. And his servant said unto him, Alas, my Lord, how shall we do? Actually said this, what are we going to do now? So Elijah, he's just been obeying God. He's been, he's been getting this information, telling the king of Israel so the, so the armies of Israel will not be destroyed. Syria finds out, the king of Syria finds out, says, I'm going to go get this guy. He's not going to throw him a party. He's going to go kill him. That's what he's going to do. I'm going to get rid of this problem. So he goes and he has this huge army and he surrounds this place called Dothan. And the servant gets up in the morning and he's stretched and he walks out to see how, what kind of day it's going to be. And he looks and he goes, oh my God. Look at all these horses and look at all these chariots. Now notice it said horses and chariots. That literally means the cavalry and what would be considered their armor, which are not the, the bottom rung of, a, of an ancient army, it's the top rung. You say, what do you mean by that? The foot soldier was the bottom rung. The, cow, the, 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 uh, the infantryman, that was the bottom rung. But these guys, these were the special forces. These were the men that had come up through the ranks. Now they're riding horses and riding in chariots, and he had sent his best. Now here's the good news. The devil can send his best army against you. And you can see it with your natural eyes. You can hear it with your natural ears. You can feel it with your natural feelings. You can taste it with your natural taste, smell it with your natural smell. But I've got good news. God has an army who has already secured your victory in heaven. Amen. And all you got to do is cooperate with that realm you cannot see and you're going to bring that provision into the seen realm and you're going to demonstrate the defeat of an already defeated devil. Now let me close with this. My time's up. A great host... They came by night and compassed the city around. When the servant of the man of God was risen early and gone forth, behold, a host compassed the city, both horses and chariots. And his servant said unto him, What are we going to do now? And he answered. Now notice this. Number one, fear not. Now let me say this. I don't know who's going through what in here, but this is, needs, somebody needs to hear this. Do not fear what you're going through. Don't let fear capture your mind or capture your heart because fear will bring the negative side of that in an even stronger measure into your life. Fear not, have faith. You say, well, pastor, how can I have faith? Just listen to what I'm teaching you right now. Hear what I'm teaching you right now and let the Word of God drop into your spirit and realize, man, I got something at church from the unseen realm. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to go take it and apply it to the seen realm this week and I'm going to experience my victory in Jesus' name. Amen? Now notice this. Don't be afraid. Fear not. For they that be with us are more than they that be with them. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened his eyes and the young man, and he saw, behold, the mountains was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. 
Pastor, I sure wish I could see in the unseen realm like that. Then you wouldn't need faith. I don't know if Elisha was seeing that or not, but I probably can tell you that he probably didn't see that, that he knew that. You say, why? Because a prophet is a seer or a knower? He just knew it. Now listen, church, by the word of God, you got to know something. You have to know something. You say, what is that? Number one, you're born again. You're unique. You're a chosen generation. You're a royal priesthood. You're royalty. You have royal blood flowing in your veins. You're children of Almighty God. He loves you. He values you. He has armed you. He has equipped you. He's given gifts. That's what we're teaching on on Wednesday night. He's given gifts into the body of Christ. You've got angels encamped round about you. You've got the Spirit of Almighty God living in you. If you're baptized in the Holy Ghost, then it's on you and anointing your life. You have the favor of God. You have the faith of God. You've got the Word of God. You have church. You have church family. You have a pastor that is a gift from God. You have all of this stuff. You just need to open your eyes. Because the enemy, all he wants you to see is the problem. But the Bible says, we look not at things that are seen. That doesn't mean we ignore them. No, that means we look at what's at seen. We evaluate it for what it is. Then we look to that unseen realm. We open our eyes in that unseen realm. Notice what, what, what Paul has us pray in Ephesians chapter 1. That the eyes of our understanding be enlightened. See, there is a, there is a how can I say it? It's a, a, a pacifier effect. You give a child a pacifier. Try to get them to, to holler and uh, quit hollering, quit screaming, quit crying. Here's your, here's your pacifier. There is a pacifying effect of intellectual information that explains itself. Where you have, you know, one and one is two. Really no more questions. Questions stop. Two and two is four. That's the end of the question. We don't, well, is it really four? Well, yeah, it really is. When I was in the first grade, I, we used stick men. We, we'd one stick man, two stick man. One stick man, two stick man. Then now add them up, the teacher would say. One, two, three, four. Well, that, that, that answered all the questions. That supplied what was needed for the mind and the intellect to go, ah, okay, no more issues. Then you come to Island Church. You get taught the Word of God. You learn to live by faith. And you're told, don't live by human explanation. Live by the understanding the Word of God imparts. Well, Pastor, I wish you'd explain all that to us. I wish I could. But all I can do is give you the word which produces faith. Now, never forget this. This is my last closing. <laughs> the word of God has encapsulated in it the power to make itself come to pass. Now, hold on. God does not regulate that power. You do. You say, now wait a second, Pastor, where do you get that? Well, Hebrews 11 shows us very plainly. Excuse me, Hebrews chapter 1 shows us very plainly that he upholds all things by not the power of his word, but the word of his power. That means God himself draws his power from his word. John G. Lake, in the midst of the mnemonic plague that, 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 that just about devastated Africa from about 1908 through about 1920, when, when questioned 
what he did for protection. They ask him this, the English, when they came with their ships. They ask him, what do you do? We see you working. We see you touching. We see you without, without uh, protective equipment upon you. We see you interacting with all these people with the mnemonic plague. How have you stayed alive? We need to know what it is you are doing. Well, he'd gotten a word from God. The law of the spirit of life in Christ sets me free from the law of sin and death. And in studying the, 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 uh, the how do you say it, bubonic or nubonic? Bubonic plague. In studying it on a, on a hospital ship in the port of, in South Africa, there in, in uh, one of the cities in South Africa, they brought him on board the ship. They put his finger with some of the uh, froth and blood that comes out of you with that terrible plague, and he put his finger upon it, and every active bacteria of that plague died under his finger. And they said, how can that be? That's not natural. That's supernatural. What was he doing? He was not looking at what was seen, but he was looking at what was unseen. And the power of that word was so strong that it was able under his hand to destroy the bubonic plague. Well, how much more should that power be working for us today? As we serve God, worship God, study the Word of God. He lived over 120 years ago. My goodness, the Word of God is stronger on the earth today than it's ever been. God is just looking for someone to work that Word through. Someone that would dare to get their eyes off of the scene and get their eyes on the unseen. And that's us. Everybody say, that's us. Hallelujah. Thank God. Amen? Glory to God. Lift your hands and worship God. Father, thank you for your Word this morning. Thank you for that which your Word produces. Thank you, Father, that your word is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. Divides asunder that which is the spirit, soul, and body, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Thank you, Father. We do not have to look at the seen realm. We can embrace the unseen glory of God's word and provision and walk in it every day, every day of our lives. In Jesus' name. Ever head bowed, ever eye closed, just for a moment, real quickly. Are you right with God this morning? Are you living right? Are you doing right? Or do you need to be right? Maybe you've never made Jesus Lord and Savior, or maybe you have, and you've walked away from the Lord. You're not fellowshipping with God like you should. You need to be right with God. This is not a day and hour to be estranged from Him. This is a day to be walking with God with everything that you have in your life. You say, Pastor, that's me. I need to be right with God this morning. Please pray for me. If that's you, would you lift your hand real quick? Anyone at all? One hand, you can put it down once you've raised it. Anyone else? We've seen one hand go up. Quickly, as I look around one more time. One more time. One more time. One more time. Praise God. Everybody stand. Everybody stand, if you will. And everybody pray this prayer out loud, especially the one that raised their hand. Pray it out loud so your own ears hear what your mouth is saying. Here we go. Heavenly Father, right now at Island Church, as I stand here, I profess Jesus Christ is my Lord and is my Savior. Heavenly Father, you've seen how I struggle. You've seen my weakness. I'm here to confess everything that's negative to you, Lord, and you alone. Trusting the blood of Jesus cleanses me from all sin and all unrighteousness. Thank you, Father. I am right with God. I've gotten right. I will fight to stay right in every area of my life and living. Help me, Lord, not to look at the scene, but to embrace 
the unseen and all of its supernatural power. I realize, Lord, nothing, nothing, nothing is impossible with you. That means it is not impossible for me to live for God. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, thank you for our day. Thank you for your protection and safety that you afford us as your people. Lord, we do. We reach up into the unseen realm with our faith. We pull down into the seen realm. Your protection, your provision, your safety by believing in our heart and confessing with our mouth that you, Lord, deliver us from the power of darkness. Translate us into the kingdom of your own son. Heavenly Father, we thank you. No evil befalls us. No plague comes nigh us. Angels have charge over us. So as we leave today, Father, in our travels on the highways, airways, seaways, or railways, in the righteous labor of our hands, as we handle that which you've put into our life, thank you, Lord. No trauma, no terror, no evil plans of wicked men or the devil himself. And Lord, we even stand against the flu, the cold, the infection, the COVIDs, other things that we might not even know right now that are trying to work their way into the human family. We declare we're not the human family. We're God's family. We abide under the shadow of the Almighty and we choose to stand on the front end in a place of aggression against that which the enemy would try to harm us with. Thank you, Father, for our hearts being sensitive to those that are around us that need Jesus so desperately that this week will be an answer to their prayer, will be a problem to the devil, will be a miracle in people's lives. We leave today walking in faith and love towards you, Lord. We leave today walking in love one toward another. Thank you for our church. We leave today as the ambassadors of Christ you've called us to be. Thanking you, Lord, here at Island Church, shout it out. We're covered by the blood, empowered by the word, anointed by the Holy Ghost. Thank you for listening to Island Church's podcast. To find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas, visit our website at islandchurchgalveston.com.